0: Welcome back to another edition of the CJ McCollum Show. It is currently January 1st, 2024, the first day of the new year. Happy new year to everyone. I hope this new year brings everybody joy, peace, prosperity, happiness, and all the cliche things people text you um, to describe how they hope you feel going forward. Lots to talk about. Um, Before we get into this, how was your new year? Did you celebrate? Do you still celebrate?
1: Um. I just am glad that you don't say Happy New Years. Oh, yes, because you know it's it's New Year. It's a New Year. Mm-hmm. It's I it's agree. not New Year's. I think that that and like when people say um, that they they could not. I don't know. I'll come to me later. It's a bad start. See, I how how was my New Year's? I'm tired. I uh, I stayed up until midnight and then went immediately immediately to sleep because I had a 5 a.m. wake up because I hosted first take this morning. Um, but, you know, we just had a late dinner. My husband cooked steak, twice-baked potato. We haven't gone out on New Year's in years. Definitely pre-baby, pre who's now five years old. Um, I know you had a game. Like, did you guys go uh, out after the game? had you a home. game.
0: Game at 6 o'clock, I brought some McComb Harris 91 uh Blanc de Blanc to the arena. Shout um, out. I, I gave Brian. I saw a you put
1: that in your ice bucket?
0: Yeah, I forgot to uh, to chill it during the game. So after the a game, must. I put it in my ice bucket, pour some for Larry, pour some for Z, pour some for some of my staff, iced, you know, had me a nice little bevy, and then I went home and we ate, and it had some more nice beverages, and then I was holding the baby until, like like 12 12 30 i watched, so you watched the special do you watch
1: the seacrest whatever show i did
0: i seen megan and stallion perform and somebody else did uh, you see lo
1: cool j did you think he did because i thought he did great he was huffing and puffing a little bit at the end but i thought his performance tired. was great and the kids if they had some something to say about it they need to appreciate that guy's a uh- legend.
0: I love the Kango hat. Shout out to LL Kuja. We went to Harvard Business School together for four days. Very Shout funny out guy. To you that's, guys. That's a long story for another day, but-
1: Humble brag.
0: We did celebrate. It was cool. Had a drink, put the baby down, and the next thing you know, it was 6.45 a.m., and it was time to be a father again, so yeah. um, great day, uh, great year, and- Did you guys have
1: practice today?
0: We did not. Beating the Lakers that's by 20- nice. Assured us an off day.
1: That's Nice. Which is See? beautiful. So, but you didn't get to sleep in.
0: I didn't. I was up at six forty-five. But that's life. That's the life I chose. Yes,
1: I mean, but it was. A, it's been a loungy day.
0: Very loungy. That's what New
1: Year's d- is supposed to be, and you're going to settle in, watch watch the uh, college football playoff.
0: Yeah, roll tide, roll tide. This will come out you don't tomorrow. Have any... Roll tide.
1: That's just why. Why? Why, why are you on Bama?
0: Every year I bet on the college football playoff um, in the national championship and. I won three straight years, and I lost on the, the year of my son's birth. Uh, I was watching the game, you know, right before he was pushed Born. out. Yeah, yeah. And um,
1: as your dear wife was in labor.
0: Yeah, I ended up turning the TV off. To, I turned the TV off to lock in on the sure. on the birth and to help. But
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: long story short, I just feel like first of all, I'm from Ohio, so I'm not betting on Michigan. But second of all, Nick yeah. Saban. Uh, the quarterback, I think his name is Jalen Milrow. Okay. If I'm saying that right, sorry if I butchered, butchered your name, brother. My money's on you anyway. Um, I just think they're just talented. They know how to win. They have a winner's DNA. And with all those athletes uh, on both sides of the ball, I don't feel like they're going to lose. And I think Michigan's reaction when they were gifted a matchup against Alabama told me everything I needed to know about them. And that's why it's roll damn tight.
1: You're either going to sound like the smartest man in the world when this podcast gets released or we just spent a couple minutes talking nonsense because uh, we'll know the result by the time this podcast comes out because that game, as we're recording right now, it's 4.30, that game's about to start in a half hour. What I'm watching on my TV right now is uh, OG Ananobi's New York Knicks debut wow. um, and Precious Achua. Malachi Flynn is uh, on the bench right now. But um, what did you think when you heard about that trade? R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, off to Toronto, Canada. Um, R.J. gets to go back home. He he already said, you know, he's he's happy. He grew up a Raptors fan. Um, talking to Knicks fans, they're really upset about losing Emmanuel Quickly. They think mm-hmm. he's going to go off. But so far, O.G. is, um, you know, through halftime playing with a lot of energy, which he always does. Uh, what do you, did you think of that trade when that when that crossed, and do you think it's a nice fit?
0: I think it's a uh, a good trade for both teams. One, I feel like the Knicks didn't want to pay quickly. Quickly is due for a huge payday, so shout out to Quick's probably gonna get a hundred million dollars or potentially more, depending on how he shows up and shows out um, in Toronto. I think the Knicks wanted a 3 and D guy. Obviously, RJ's versatile. He can score. He can run some pick and roll. Uh, His jumper has continued to get better. Um, But I think they were looking for someone who's just more 3 and D, shoots a lot of corner threes. I think that's Thibodeau in in their offense, the way it's kind of been ran historically. Uh, Dante shoots a lot of threes, uh, specifically in the corner. Obviously, Jalen Brunson handles the ball a lot. You have another really good lefty in Julius Randle. And I think they were looking to add an energy guy who can rebound and guard multiple positions in Precious. And then you get OG, who's probably going to be a free agent soon, but is sturdy, who's dependable, who doesn't really need the ball, um, can catch and shoot and kind of play as that natural um, third option. I think for Toronto, they obviously are heading in a different direction and trying to acquire different pieces and talent and figuring out what they're going to do going forward. But you get Quickly, who's – Very good. He's an explosive scorer, uh, works well in pick and rolls. Iso situations, can shoot off the bounce and catch and shoot. Um, You get RJ Barrett, who's Canadian, uh, extremely talented, tall, versatile, and will probably have a chip on his shoulder because he was traded. And I think for both teams, it's a win because one team is able to to get a, a very valuable player while getting off another player who's very good but due for a big payday. And another team is able to get an explosive guard and a versatile wing and R.J. Barrett. So I like to trade for both teams, and I think it'll be a win-win situation. Not as similar to when the Pacers traded um, for Tyrese, but I think it'll be a situation where you look at both teams and the success they're going to have from this trade going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he, he gives the Knicks, uh, you know, a perimeter defender with size, something that, you know, their rotation didn't have. Um, at 26 years old, like he's still – like in a on the on the ups in terms of his career, he's also a CAA client, um, so that you know that helps because you know that was Leon Rose's former uh, workplace, and so the belief is is that you know maybe they can work out a deal this summer, um, because the initial reaction was you uh, are giving up all that for an expiring contract, um, but they didn't. They, they they made the trade without using a single first round pick. Um and they retain the, you know, expiring contract of Evan Fournier, you know, to kind of get a head start on salary matching in the next trade. So a lot of people are thinking that the Knicks really aren't done yet. Obviously another CAA client that keeps coming up with the Knicks is Donovan Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll see if like, you know, Leon Rose obviously making the first big splash um of the trade season. We'll see if they're they're done yet, but this, yeah, he is, as you mentioned, he's one of the better three and D players. Um, he led the NBA in steals last season. Um, in terms of like, can he fit in Tibbs style? He spoke before the game today. He, you know, he thinks he's, he's a tough guy. I, I don't know. How, how many conversations have you had with OG?
0: Not a lot, man. Besides when he's guarded me throughout the years and uh, playing against Toronto, but he's got a good sense of humor. Um <laughs> He's athletic. I remember reading an article about how he texted Damon and said, welcome to Toronto during the trade deadline, like just to trick yeah. Damon and thinking that he was coming to Toronto, but he's got a, a good sense of humor. I heard he's got a good work ethic, super strong, super sturdy, dependable guy who shows up and is a, is a consummate professional is what everybody says about him.
1: Yeah, um, I say low key, and most people think I'm crazy when I say this, that he is one of the funniest guys in the NBA, because he will deadpan you and not in like an Andre Iguodala way, where you know he's trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but he will just deadpan you. And have you did you see like the Sergi Baca show when they went back and forth? But but scarves, scarves, remember oh, that?
0: Yeah. yeah, I seen that. He said this is art. But, I don't do fashion. I do art.
1: Yes, yes. Um, but he's a very he's like on the surface he's very quiet. But well, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in with that New York media because he will like he doesn't get, show a lot of emotion. But if you kind of understand that, like, he's very dry, you can enjoy him. But if you don't understand it, you're going to be like, it's going to feel like pulling teeth to get a quote <laughs> from him. But it's going to, it, I don't know. New York, um, you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, they say. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think, I don't think the Knicks are done yet. I think they're trying to go for it all in a very competitive East. Like, does this change your mind about the Knicks at all?
0: I don't think it changes my mind about the Knicks. I think they were good before the trade. I think they'll be good after the trade. I think it's more about the next move that they make in terms of positioning yourselves alongside the likes of the Boston Celtics, um, the the Milwaukee Bucks, and a healthy Miami Heat team. Obviously, and the Sixers. I like the Sixers a lot, but I'm talking about teams who have consistently positioned themselves for championships. Boston. Okay. And Milwaukee, with Giannis having won one already. Those are the two teams I think everybody is kind of measuring themselves up against. Even the Sixers, who are very, very good, they may also be making a trade here at, at some point. I think a lot of teams are trying to figure out how do they get better? How do they have more depth, add more depth, add versatility to their roster so that they can compete against the likes of a Boston Celtics team who shoots a lot of threes, who switches a lot. And then you have the Bucks who are rolling. Nobody's really talking about them. They're just winning games yeah. each night and playing really well and basically having the best offense in the NBA in terms of uh, ability to put up points, points per game, pick and roll when they run the Giannis Dane pick and roll. So those are teams that are very, very good at the top of the East. And then you have Embiid who's unstoppable and is going to score 35 points in 33 minutes every night. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
2: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an uphill climb for teams like the Knicks, and that's why you feel like, you know, that they're trying to swing for something. Um, and uh, especially because there's this feeling that they, they don't yet have their, like, superstar that can lead them to, to the title yet. Like Jalen Brunson has been amazing this season. And, you know, we, we saw Becky Hammond, um, kind of garner some attention for her comments. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago when she said that Jalen Brunson, um, while he's an all NBA player, someone his size wasn't capable of being the 1A on a championship team. Mm -hmm. Um, and look, 1A, there's a, there's, it's like a handful of guys in the league. Um, but as, as a guard, you know, in this, in our rundown, it says as a smaller guard, I don't know if I feel comfortable calling you a smaller guard, but maybe I guess you, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's all, it all depends on who you're standing next to. Um, how, how do you feel? How did you feel about those comments? Um, and like, how did you receive them? Because I think it's about how you interpret like what she's saying.
0: Yeah, I think, Twofold. She's saying that Jalen Brunson is extremely talented. He's an all-NBA player. He's an all-star caliber player who's going to make another all-star. and He's the type of guy you can build a franchise around. What she's saying is that it's hard to win a championship, which is completely different than everything else we've talked about in discussing Jalen Brunson with a guy who is your number one option, your 1A, and is short or small in stature. It's not to say that he's not good. It's not to say that he's not talented. He's all those things. He can win you playoff games. What she's saying is that It hasn't been proven that a small guard can win a championship. Obviously, you have the Isaiah Thomases of the world who have done it, and they did it with two small guards in uh, Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. So it is possible. What she's saying is that historically, the league favors taller, bigger, or more strong-like athletes. You know, Steph Curry. Especially now. there's, There's a situation in which... The rule is the rule, but there's things that are outside the norm or outside the rule. And there's a few players who are outside the norm. But historically, she's right. Outside, like Allen Iverson, um, Steph a Curry. Who didn't win a title. But was good enough to get him there. I think I understood her point. Now, as a as Of course, as a fan, it's
1: factually correct. The receipts are there.
0: Yeah, the receipts are there. So I didn't take offense to it. And I think, it, if anything, it was a compliment saying that he's really good. He can get you probably to a championship to get you close to it, but it's hard to consistently win a championship when your best player is also your smallest player, which makes sense. Um, I, I can I understand it. And you could argue some nights, Julius Randle may be the best player on that team. You could argue most nights it's probably Jalen Brunson because of his versatility, his pick and roll, his ISO, his efficiency, he has everything. Um, but in order to win a championship, it takes a team. I think that's what the Knicks yeah. are continuing to try to build. That's what their fan base wants in the build. And I think they're heading in the right direction. As you said before, they may not be done, um, But coming out of that Eastern Conference, it's going to be tough. You're going to need lots of weapons. And Jalen Brunson is good enough to win you games. And and that's been proven already. But I, I understood what she said. I get her point. And I think as they continue to progress and get closer to the playoffs, I think the Knicks will be happy because they have a good team. Like, the garden is rocking, you know, every night. Yeah. And, and they have yeah. what it takes to make the playoffs and have an impactful playoffs. It's just a matter of whether or not they can win a championship, which is – Still to uh, still to be questioned.
1: It's interesting because we talk about this trade, and you know, uh, everyone loves to grade the trade, who won the trade. I don't know; it's, it's it always comes down to we'll see how it all pans out. I mean, look what happened with the Kings and Pacers. Like, you still to the state, you know, can't say like one team or the other won that trade. Right. Um, I'm not comparing this trade to that one. Just we you have to see how it pans out. But you could argue though that the um, Pistons were the the real winners of this trade because the, the Raptors were shorthanded due to the trade. Um, and you know, the Pistons were able to take advantage and snap their record 28 game losing streak. You mentioned not wanting to be that team. Um, no one wanted, it. I mean, well, everyone knew what was going on in the league. I mean, cam cam Thomas mentioned it in his post game interview. Like everyone knows what's going on. No one wants to be that team. Uh, you know, that, Let's the streak get broken. Um, but does Toronto get, like, some sort of bailout because of the timing? Because, you know, it was right after the trade and they lost three players and, you know, didn't get their new guys in yet? It's,
0: it's very hard to win in this league. So understanding that, you look at the situation, a shorthanded team, a trade is just made, so it's an emotional high that becomes a little lower because you're you're losing on some teammates, gaining new teammates. So it's probably mixed feelings for the organization as you try to get better and position yourself to be better going forward. And then you have the Pistons who have been competitive throughout the season yeah. but have continued to lose I mean, they pushed the Celtics. To overtime. Yes. Right? So it was just a matter of when, not if. And I'm glad that it happened against a team that wasn't. Yeah. New Orleans Pelicans, but I will say that they have a lot of young talent. They're getting better. They obviously have a great coach in bondy. and it's just about stringing together good habits daily and understanding that it is hard to win this league. and I think they just showed you that when things go bad, they can go really bad in this league, and when they go well, you can get on a nice little run. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a life and season of ebbs and flows for sure.
1: Did you watch any of those like losses? Like, what was sticking out uh, to you is about why they just like what's like? There's a lot of young say, teams in this
0: league. I can't say that I was tuned into the Detroit Pistons um, <laughs> I just throughout the season. I'm not trying to understand um, how you, like
1: 28 I can't say games. that that's one
0: of the teams I watch on League Pass, yeah, but what I will say. A, it wasn't
1: your League Pass? Okay. When I, we, when we I, check,
0: the, when I check the highlights, um, I'm seeing a lot of youth. I'm seeing yeah. um, a team that competes, but a team that is still learning on the fly. Um, you need veteran leadership. You need players that have experience in order to win games. And I think they're gaining experience consistently, but sometimes talent's just not enough. Um, You have to know how to play the game. You have to learn how to play the game. You have to learn how to win. I think that they are so young. They're learning all those things on the fly. And you're able to see a lot of the growing pains that they're having throughout this year because they're so young.
1: And I wonder, like, we always talk about the fit of teams. Like, I wonder the fit of Monty coaching veteran teams during, like, you know, last couple of years, and that transition for him developing young guys—if that like has really gelled to start, clearly it hasn't. Um, but doesn't mean that they can't get there because he's he's one right. of the, one of the best coaches in the league, and also you know, um like. Could you make that same argument with Greg Popovich? There's no there's no denying that Greg Popovich is one of the greatest coaches, but sometimes like a young developing team, it's it, when you're used to winning and used to having guys who kind of know what to do in a lot of situations through experience, how that translates in the locker room. Like you're messaging when you're used to talking to veterans. Like, has he adjusted that to developing guys who are learning how to be pros? Um, So, I, you know, that's my way of criticizing Monty, but also wondering if just sometimes it's it can just not be the best fit that will get you in a rut and it's hard to get out.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think that's true. in In multiple ways, you look at what pops going through with San Antonio. First of all, they got a lot of talent. They have arguably the the most versatile player in the NBA in Wimby. They got scoring guards. They got Zach Collins, who's a really good role player who could do a lot of different things for you. Um, They obviously have Pop, who's seen every type of defense, every type of offense. He's seen the game for a long time, and yet they still continue to lose games. I think. A part of it is development, right? You talked about teams being able to develop players. One way you're able to develop players is by allowing them to play through mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes are going to cost you games. I think you're seeing that in both of those teams where younger players are playing and they're showing signs of growth. They're showing signs of development. Their skill set is continuing to blossom. They're learning how to run pick and rolls, learning how to help um, defensively, learning how to close out games. And then the other part of it is these games are closed. They're not just getting blown out. The last two, the last five minutes clutch time is basically execution. Um, who wants it more? And a little bit of coaching because your coach has to put you in position to succeed. But this is on the players to execute down a stretch of games. And until you play in those uncomfortable games and those uncomfortable moments where you're either playing with the lead or playing from behind and have to execute that much better, you don't really know how to do it. And I think they're going yeah. through that that phase right now. And Monty, who's obviously been in the league for a long time and played in the league, is battling with... Developing players versus playing older players versus getting them to mesh, getting them to kind of understand that it's really, really hard to win this league. And you can do everything right in a game and lose because you have less talent. And you could do a lot of things wrong and win because you're just a smarter basketball player who understands how to manipulate the game. So I think there's two ways you can look at this and say that they need more time. Um, obviously these veteran coaches need more time with this young team to kind of get them ready and you play games so much. How do you really develop players in season outside of workouts when oh you can't, yeah. you can't really practice. You can't right. scrimmage. You can't be like, all right, let's just scrimmage. How many because practices
1: then, did you have in December?
0: I mean, like a handful. Yeah. And in the, the days that we did have practice, it was 60 minutes and that's right. 15 minutes of film, 45 minutes of action on the court, 15 minutes of live action. And that's if you don't have a back-to-back, if you're not traveling. If you have a travel day, you can't scrimmage because you're traveling, landing. It's late. Not to mention,
1: you guys went to Vegas and you know had that whole in-season tournament. So right. that and there's no contact just- practice
0: while you're in Vegas because it's like the NCAA tournament where it's an right. open practice. So right, you, right. you factor in the travel, the games, the workload. We're about to play, what, three games in four nights, uh, four, five. We basically play three and a half to four games a week this entire month so it's it's been brutal it's been brutal
1: yeah yeah i mean and look and and so when you're like in that rut you just you can it's it's also a mental game um Mm -hmm. where you know you could just you can't get out of your own way um and a lot of part of this game is being able to like be free out there and be present
2: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: You know, someone who has been showing that he's, like, enjoying the game that he missed for for a while to start the season was John Morant. Um, You know, he, uh, did did you notice when he... Did a little dance um, against you guys. It, it garnered a lot of criticism because you know Jaw's Jaw's kind of a target right now. Uh, what, if anything, did you think about the dance, and how do you feel about the way that Jaw is being covered post suspension? It should is is it he's being held to too harsh of a standard or appropriate standard given that he's essentially like. Um, being monitored to to see if he's learned his lesson, if you will.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't like that, that, that they beat us twice. Uh, I didn't like that at all, uh, right. especially at home. In two games, I felt like we should have won. We had the lead, We had momentum. We blew a lead in the fourth quarter in one of them. and the second one, we didn't execute. And then there was a controversial call, et cetera, that allowed us to go into overtime. But <clears throat> I'll start with how he's playing. He's playing really well. He's obviously very confident. He's obviously been putting in a lot of time and – You've seen the explosiveness, the athleticism, the leadership, the ability to break down a defense, score and pick and roll, all those things. He gave that team life right away. A team that had only won, what, six games? They were like 6-17 and 17 without him. They go on a four-game winning streak immediately uh, upon his return. They become the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. They become the first or second best defensive team in the NBA right away. His transition, his ability to put pressure on the defense – makes their defense that much better because now they're scoring in the half court and in transition. That's the first part. Second part is the dance. I didn't mind it because this is a guy who's having fun. He was away from the game yeah. for a long time. And those that listen to certain songs, those that watch certain music videos know that that was a part of a music video, a part of a song. And yeah. they kind of read into that as more than what it actually was. In having conversations with him, I think he has learned. I think he has grown. Um And I think it's more about what he's doing you know, in his spare time and continue to do the right things, continuing to show improvement in decision making and um, continue to understand that he has a chance to make not only generational wealth, but to change so many lives with the game of basketball based on the fact that people look up to him. Kids look up to him. A lot of players look up to him. You see the the hair, you see the the, the way he dies, the, the front hair, the shoes, the commercials, the endorsements. He's a very personable player who has an infectious personality that a lot of people gravitate towards. I think it's important that he utilizes that properly. And I think him dancing whatever, I don't care. If if you're going to beat a team, dance. I would do the same thing. So I I don't mind that. And I think in terms of how he's been viewed since his return, there's obviously a lot of eyes on him. He's a spectacle in terms of him being must-see TV. The Grizzlies games now are sold out in Memphis, whereas before they were pretty empty. I think that shows you that people are watching and most people want him to do well. Some people are probably plotting on his demise and hoping he fails, but I think the attention he's, he's receiving now is justified. Mm -hmm. He's a global figure. He has a huge brand. He has a signature shoe at Nike for a reason. So they're going to monitor your every move and make sure you're doing things appropriately. And they're going to have comments about things when they feel like you're not doing them appropriately. So I think it's fine. It's just, and as long as he continues to win games and do what he's supposed to do on the court and behave well off the court, the opinions are just that, they're opinions.
1: Yeah, I mean, the spotlight is bright um, if you're a superstar in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when it comes to him, you know, a couple years ago, um, his dance moves and him doing the gritty, like that was perceived as amazing. You know, right. like this is, he's, he's, he's an NBA darling. That team was, were the darlings of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, like there's, history like some may still see it as such like the thing is is that Jaws doing exactly what he did um and how he played with that like youthful energy and love for the game and having fun that if he were to change we had this conversation like we right. had a podcast before he was about to make his return curious as to if he was going to like lose his edge a bit um and it certainly doesn't seem like he has one bit. And I think that's good for the league. Um, like, how he plays with that infectious energy on the court is, you know, that shouldn't change. It's about his decision-making off of the court that should be under the spotlight, not what's on the court. Because this is who he's always been, someone who who loves to have fun. Um right. And so we'll, you know, they are playing really well. I mean, what a comeback, uh, he had with the game winner. Like that was that was storybook, um, in his first game back. Uh, but I, I know you don't want to talk about them winning any more games. Um, let's talk about you guys winning a game. Um, mm-hmm. you guys just beat the Lakers. And before we get to that game, I want to get your thoughts on um. Uh, a Lakers, uh, loss, another one against Minnesota on LeBron's 39th birthday. Uh, he posted that picture of his foot behind the line. He was like, what a birthday present this was for me. Um, wh- <laughs> did you think his, his foot was on the line against Minnesota in that potential <sighs> game tying three? Cause you know, some people said, well, you took the wrong, uh, picture frame or video frame and your line, your foot was on the line before that. So I, I don't know.
0: In real time, it was very hard to tell. You knew his foot was close. When they slowed it down frame by frame, there was a point in which I thought that his foot was behind the line. But then as you look closer to it, when he goes to kind of push off the shoot, it yeah. does look like it appears as if his foot is on the line. So I think it's them breaking it down by video, image by image in coming through with conclusive evidence saying that it was clearly a two, then they review it post game, the two minute report and say that the call was correct and that they reviewed it again and said it was a two generally I would argue, but there's no way that they messed up on video imaging Yeah, in two consecutive days where there are pictures with that. There are pictures where it clearly, clearly looks like his foot is on the line. So I think it's tough. You know, you never want to see a game come down to that type of decision, but The referee called it a two originally, and it turns out that he was right. And this is a situation in which it's hard to be right making a split-second decision, and the referees got this one right. And if they got it wrong, and I believe they got it wrong, I would definitely say that, too, because I shot the ball 19 times last game, and I shot zero free throws against those same Lakers.
1: Okay. Um, I'm just saying, though, (sighs) like— Just wanted to say that. For the voice of the LeBron fans, you know, you couldn't give him a birthday present on his 39th birthday, the face of the league. That wasn't in the script. Okay, that wasn't the script. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You gonna play till you're thirty nine, as a no. fellow thirty nine year old. Um, my back hurts. <laughs> I don't know how he's doing it.
0: I will not. I will be um, chasing around Jacoby, taking Margot to. By that you know, time, she Jacoby's does. gonna be
1: chasing you around. Well,
0: that's not that long from now. We're talking about six and a half years. Yeah. uh yeah. Six, he'll be eight and a half and she'll be six and a half. Yeah, we'll be having some great. fun extracurricular activities I can take them to. And we'll yeah. be going to WNBA games, NFL games, college yeah. games, and baseball games here and there. I look forward to it.
1: My daughter is a huge New York Liberty fan. Aww. Huge. Because WNBA games, as you're wearing a WNBA sweatshirt, are so much fun. I don't know what it is like. No disrespect to NBA games. I, maybe I'm just biased because I'm always at whenever these games. you say
0: no disrespect, it's followed by something very exactly. disrespectful.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I remembered the phrase that I didn't like. Couldn't care less. And people say I could care less. Mm-hmm. All the time, it's also written in movie scripts and te- you Now you're going to hear people because the majority of people say, "I could care less." But when you say, "I could care less," you're literally saying the opposite. That you could. So care that is in the less. same category as "Happy New Years" to me.
0: I'm glad it took you 32 minutes to figure this out, <laughs> and I'm very happy to know this now. And I think all our listeners are excited to not care any less in the new year, <laughs> New Year's. <laughs>
1: Did you guys do anything fun for, for the holidays?
0: Um, Christmas was really dope because we were off, so I got to watch games. Yes. Uh, I got to did, have you some. Watch,
1: did you watch the Lakers-Celtics game?
0: I did watch a little bit of the Lakers-Celtics game. I watched the uh, Bucks. You watched football, didn't you? I may or may not be a football guy. See, but did um, you know what,
1: how messed up that is? Because the NFL is trying to, trying to steal our day.
0: They are. So what I do is I watch the basketball games that I want to watch. And then, you know, when Jimmy and them decided that they weren't going to play because of injury, I decided to go watch football. You still, you still
1: should have had it on in the background. Just, just to prove a point. For the As ratings. As president of the Players Association, we needed to – I mean, we were never going to, you know, stick it to the I think, NFL. I, th- but I think the difference
0: to- is we have 41 home and away games. Oh, they have goodness. 17 – Eight of them are home, eight of them are away. They play on Sundays, and they did a tremendous job of taking advantage of a holiday where there's a lot of citizens, not only in the United States, but outside of it, at home yearning are to watch sports. you the president
1: of the NFL Players Association, too?
0: No, but what I'm saying Speaking is outside. we have our fans who love NBA, and there are fans who love NFL, and there are some fans who watch both. I'm a fan of just good competition, so I was watching the Cornhole Tournament the other day on ESPN, by the way, which is fantastic if you haven't Company watched it. Man you
1: are. Because
0: they are talented. And it was entertaining because I was learning new techniques on like how I should throw the 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 bag and the angles and all that you stuff. You play
1: cornhole but
0: a lot. I say all this to say that the NBA is not going anywhere. Neither is the NFL. And if we have great games on holidays with players playing, they have nothing to worry about. And I do play cornhole. I have two custom boards. One of them is a Lehigh board. One of them is a um Portland Trailblazer board, which I probably won't use anymore, and I'll get a new Pelican board. It's always part of you. It is, but you it just, just feels get weird. A Pelicans
1: one too. Yeah,
0: it, it feels weird being in New Orleans and just you know shooting on a on well, a Trailblazer you don't joint. Need to get so get
1: rid of Portland. You just need to add a Pelicans one, and then you can like just the, do three.
0: I like that mentality. So we'll do that, and then I usually shoot on Lehigh, but then I I, I we switch, and then I get buckets on the Trailblazer one too, like old times.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, no, I never, I didn't really have a college experience, so I never really played cornhole.
0: What do you mean you didn't have a college experience? I li- I'm going commuted- let you get that, i let you get that off.
1: I lived at home. I went to Northwestern, and I grew up in Evanston, where Northwestern is.
0: In the shy though. commuted. It's pretty right and by I the water. I hung out
1: with all the townies that didn't go to college and stayed back at home.
0: But you still went to bars and this, like, no, what is really it? West Loop? No, I really didn't. I worked and-
1: full-time because... Northwestern was expensive and my parents had no reason sending me there. So I had to work full time and commute from home. I'm sorry to hear so that. So I didn't really have a college experience all the way down to not knowing not really playing cornhole or going to college parties. I went to well, like Yeah, I didn't really go to college parties. I'm sorry to See? hear that. You know, but, you know, choices you, in life, they all they led me to this point having this very conversation successful. with you.
0: Became very and successful. You had your moments in <laughs> Vegas where you were able to do the things that you like to do in Vegas. Yeah. And because you worked full time, you were able to provide for not only yourself, but for some of those nights in the town with the townies.
1: That's exactly right. You know? Um that like this is we all we we all take our own journeys. Your journey led you to where you are now in in, in New Orleans. Is there anything else you wanna say about what's going on with the Pelicans before we uh, sign off for our first show of twenty fourteen. Oh wait, twenty fourteen?
0: Twenty fourteen is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, was ten years ago.
1: Twenty fourteen was an amazing year though. Take me back, to be honest.
0: It was. Do you remember what happened in twenty fourteen? To you? Yeah, I introduced myself to you and you thought I was a journalist.
1: Oh <laughs> 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 the trap. <laughs> you can't tell people that. I immediately remembered. <laughs> I can't even See, now my pops coming out. Uh, I immediately remembered. You can't just tell the people. People have no idea what you're talking about. We met at the draft, okay, after his rookie year. And, you know, he was doing his journalism thing. And I had, like, no idea. I was bopping around in a white suit because I was so silly. I thought it was Miami Vice out there. I got, like, all this makeup all over this. Never mind. That's a, that's a side story. But – you were with who are you with? Lance Fresh. Lance Fresh. You were with Lance Fresh.
0: Shout out to Lance and Fresh. And
1: I recognized Lance, but I didn't recognize you at no the time. And then when you said my name's CJ, I go, oh my God, you're CJ McCollum. And then you held it against me.
2: Ten to years this ago.
1: Very day. Sorry. It's okay. Honestly, I'm a journalist though,
0: still.
1: Honestly, for being a reporter whose job is to like Identify people and, you know, strike conversations. I'm the worst. I am the, I am, I, if I could have a superpower, if some, if like, if I had a choice, if there was a menu of superpowers, it would, I would 100% over invisible, over flying, oh. over predicting the future, it would be to remember freaking faces and names.
0: Wow. Um oh.
1: It would well, be a it would list. be a photographic memory that, add that thats a list, yeah. what would yours be?
0: I would choose
1: transporting
0: teleportation an ability yeah. to be able to go forward and backwards in time.
1: Oh, wait, oh, that's different. Teleport
0: both teleporting means I could just poop, pop up there, but yeah. what about like
1: you're in l a and then you could snap your fingers and you're... I used to like...
0: Time travel.
1: Yeah, time travel is different than teleporting.
0: Can you teleport to time travel?
1: I I feel like that's like a next level. I I feel like like that's cheating. I feel like that's cheating superpowers. It's like one or the other.
0: But if you do it, can you do it forwards and backwards? Can you go into time, back?
1: No, because one is time travel and one is teleporting.
0: So I can only go backwards, not forwards? Is that what that means?
1: No, you can only go from present time in one place to present time in the other place.
0: Uh, is that fun? Like, I guess I would So be cool. say you have a
1: game in LA and you know, you're know you on the phone with your wife and you hear Jacoby crying and you click your fingers and then you're there with Jacoby. That's teleporting. Time travel is you get in the DeLorean, you tap the <laughs> number. <laughs> I,
0: I want time were... travel. I want time travel.
1: I don't. I feel like they like you know you you've watched too many movies. Only bad things come from time travel. It's my up the wish. Past. You
0: can't do You're this. You're gonna mess up
1: wish. the past. <laughs> and you have to go back and fix everything. Did <laughs> you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure too? Come on now. I don't.
0: I don't want to change things. There's Some things it's I just want to do again.
1: It's too much stress in time I travel. W- I
0: can go through draft night again. I could go play in like games again. Hit the same shots. Like it would be so fun. I could go to the same parties again.
1: You wouldn't It'd hit be really the same cool. shots. Haven't you watched movies?
0: <laughs> I would play and, and prepare the same way. The nights I went out before games, I would still go out. Oh, some you know, of the nights I didn't. It wouldn't work out that way. I'd probably still go out because I didn't play well, and some of the nights I didn't go out. And it's like, is this why I played bad? Tonight? And then, I was too and focused. Then
1: your life would be completely different. You would have four girls, <laughs> like, different wife.
0: He'd be oh, like, no. what, what,
1: you know, it just would—it it would change. Too much stress. I'm stressed out thinking about it.
0: You just ruined I, my dream.
1: I could care less about wanting to time travel. Okay. All right, we got—we got to wrap this up. We said Happy, twenty-five Happy minutes. New it's Year.
0: been forty. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, right.
1: Happy New Year. I'm gonna go. go on another tangent. Everybody
0: go. must go home now and enjoy yourselves.
1: Yes. Happy New Year, 2014! Yay!